Hello, hello, and welcome to the Borealis Experience podcast. I'm very, very excited to be talking to James Olson. Today, we will address racism and the issues that we see in society when it comes to indigenous people and um, yeah, the people around. I feel there's a lot of um, assumptions, a lot of fear, a lot of aggression. And um, yeah, I have a lot of listeners from Germany, from all over the place, and they don't know about some of the issues that we face here at time. And um, they're very relatable, though. It's not, we're not an exception here in Canada. I think um, it's an issue that is, um, yeah, all over the world. And um, we want to talk about it today and maybe, yeah, clean up some misconceptions or, yeah, have a raw and genuine conversation about it because I think that's what has to happen. We have to start talking about it in order to heal and resolve um, those problems that exist. So James Olson, thank you so much for taking the time uh, to be with us here. Just jump into the topic and uh, we will go from there. Thanks, Aurora. Yeah, um, well, thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, it, it, uh, it's definitely a topic that um, I think I can really relate to. Um, for your listeners that don't know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a Blackfoot native from Siksika Nation. Um, I've been on your show before. We haven't talked about racism or anything like that of those, you know, that, that kind of area, but, um, I've, um, experienced it in my life before, or, you know, um, taken on the assumption that it was, it was racism by the way that I was treated. Uh, um, yeah. And I, I think like you said, I agree with what you said that, that, uh, that uh, it, it definitely is affected by it. Um, I think humans is, is, you know, creatures naturally have some prejudice or, 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 uh, how would you say, um, ideas without fact-based, I guess, or, or just to jump to assumptions of, of how someone's going to be or uh, an experience is going to be based on um, just a general fact rather than actually, you know, allowing yourself to have an experience and take it in without uh, um, prejudice, you know. Um, prejudice uh prejudging basically coming to assumptions before your your experience yeah i i find when it happens with people that's kind of where as humans we run into problems so um yeah so it uh it's definitely a topic that i i uh i can i have experience personally with um And um, Lethbridge is a place where I think that, that it is, it is a, a part of that culture, society, or, or that city. I think there's, there's, a, there's definite, uh, that's, that is part of it, you know. Um, yeah, so um, 
I don't know. I've I put some thought into this. You talked to me about this topic. Uh, I think last time we spoke, and and I put some thought into it, and uh, um, kind of the ideas that I come up with are my own my own ideas. I don't want you to think that I like I've uh, um, these are I'm just basically putting together thoughts. So I don't want you know these aren't facts. These aren't you know I don't have anything to base it on other than my own experience and, and my own ideas. But one of the ideas that I have is, is uh, that racism or prejudice seems to me by looking at society and 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 where it seems prominent and trying to come together with an idea why it's happening i would assume or i would suggest maybe it's it's the complication between the majority and the biggest minority so new york or you know big urban place like that down in the states it seems to me it's white and blacks and they kind of like they button heads but it always seems for some to be the the majority the the biggest basically the biggest minority mm-hmm. so whatever whatever the majority is and then the biggest minority that seems to be the complicated relationship that it happens in if that makes any sense. And then that's just an assumption of mine. I have no proof of that at all. Mm-hmm. It's just something that I can, you know, looking at, at when it happens and, and why is just it seems like a reasonable assumption. <clears throat> so um, Lethbridge being just outside of a, a reservation and a native reservation, the native population seems to be the biggest minority. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't see a lot of it. Ha- you know, here's an example. Um, Lethbridge, it seems to be the, uh, a conflict between the whites and the natives. Mm-hmm. You go to Calgary and it seemed like, I don't know if anybody else has experienced, but I, I see a complication between the whites and the East Indians. Mm-hmm. Because that seems to be the biggest, biggest majority there. Mm-hmm. Um it was a weird experience for me when I, when I was younger, I moved to, to Calgary and all sort of that racial tension for me disappeared. It, it vanished. It just didn't, I was like, man, Calgary's like totally different plate, but I saw a lot of racial conflict between the, the East Indians. And, and that was the kind of, that I experienced as an, an, a native experience, I guess, in Lethbridge, racial mm-hmm. experience in Lethbridge. Um, so that's kind of where I came up with that assumption. I don't know if there's any facts based or, you know, if there's any, anything that can prove that, but that's just what I see. <laughs> um, but as I went over all the, what I thought or how do I, yeah, what I thought were um, racist experiences in my own life. Um, I was, I sat there and I tried to go over all the events that, that, I felt like I was, you know, being treated badly because of the color of my skin. Every, every single one of them, I, I, I have no proof that that was really what happened. But that's how you I felt. Just, 
I did feel that, but it exactly. was my under my own assumption is my point. Ah, and I was going to say oh, what you I have a story. Feel. Yeah, no, I, I was felt like say, that. Yeah, so that's valid. It is that I I believe it's valid. My I'll I'll give you an example, and it, this would this was recently. This was like last week. Oh, um, I uh, I just moved moved to uh, to BC um, to a little town called Elkford, and one of the the close towns by me is Fernie, and you know we go there for shopping. Like they have bigger you know um, grocery stores and things of that nature, so. Uh, me and my girlfriend and my my child were were uh, in Fernie, and um, we went to the farm. We went to a pharmacy, to drugstore, and, and uh, we were in there. And I wasn't really looking for anything out of the pharmacy, but I had some questions for the pharmacist about about um, transferring over all my stuff to BC, and one of it was getting a, a doctor in BC because I'm a, a resident of BC now. And so I kind of, I kind of had a question about what that, what that looked like, what, you know, um, am I going to run into problems? Do you suggest it? And more I had, the reason I, I had those questions was because I remember when I got my doctor in, in Lethbridge, it was really hard because the there was to get a family medical doctor was was kind of complicated because there were so many people and so few doctors. So it was it took a while for me to to get a family doctor. And I was wondering if it, that same situation was happening in BC. So I kind of had a, a question inside a question type of thing. So I went up to this this pharmacist in this drugstore and I said, you know, I'm I'm a new resident here. What do you What do you think about me getting a doctor in town here? Should I stay with the one I've got? Um, should I, you know, I I've I have asthma. I need my puffers. Like, can I transfer my prescriptions here? Kind of, you know, um, just I'm looking for gen. You know, if he's got pros and cons type, help me make a decision type of thing thinking he would have some information because he's a pharmacist. Um, and he kind of, gen he generally said, well, I don't, I don't, it's kind of up to you, but I would suggest that you go talk to your doctor about it, see what he says, which was reasonable. But in COVID times, it's difficult to get into your doctor. It's even difficult to get him on the phone. And so I said that to him and, he was like, well, I don't know what to tell you. Like, um, and we started kind of, we just weren't lining up on, on what I, I was looking for his advice. And he was kind of in the position of it's kind of, uh, I don't have any advice to give you. Mm -hmm. And um, I was getting angry. I was like, not because He was kind of being deflective and, and really wasn't giving, and he was gesturing to like turning away and, and doing other things as he was speaking to me and just didn't feel like being engaging. And um, part of the problem was, was I wasn't clear on the, on my questioning 
And then part of him was the, you know, really in the moment, I, I just thought he had poor manners, you know, kind of turning his back to me as in the middle of this conversation. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was, I was getting upset, you know, I was, I was annoyed mm-hmm. and my girlfriend was standing behind me watching this and she came in and interjected and started basically answering for him. And like, and I was like, well, I know that stuff. Like you don't need to, like, I, I'm aware of that. You know, and I'm talking to her and she's like, well, come on, let's just go. And so we go outside and I'm, I'm frustrated and I'm upset. And I'm like, that guy was a dick. Like, what the hell? And, and he's, she's like, I think he was being racist. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, uh, I naturally, I could have gone there very easily. Mm-hmm. But then it like, the logic in me was like, first of all, I've got a mask on, you know, I mean, you can see, you know, like I'm not super dark, you know, my complexion isn't super dark. Um, I, it is noticeable, but I just assumed that, that he wasn't. And when you brought this topic up that it reminded me of that story, how easily I could turn the narrative how someone treats me into racism and and it as I looked back on my experience that I felt like I was being treated treated race racist a lot of them reflected that story Mm -hmm. where it was I could easily assume that that's what was going on Mm -hmm. and it might not have been Mm -hmm. and that's kind of so, and I'm not saying that there's no such thing as racism. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying that, that in a lot of my experiences, it's just the easy assumption. Wow. And I, yeah. I must say that I really, I did, didn't expect anything. Like I knew we were going to talk about this topic, but for you to voice this is so big. I hope you know that because me as a white person now, I know that if I talk to you, you will see like all different shades. You will see, oh, Aurora is being rude. She's being an asshole as a human being or Aurora is being plain racist. And yeah, it's, it's two different things that you can mix up so easily but some people are just rude like some people just absolutely no behavior um and i feel for your own good then it's it's better for you too to see okay that was an asshole instead of oh i was being treated racist because that's even more painful to realize right it is and it's it creates resentments and anger you know like it's and then the reverse happens um when i go home um, and it like i don't want to give the wrong idea that that racism doesn't exist mm-hmm. but um what i this this approach when i when i actually think about it all i'm saying is 
I'm not going to jump to that conclusion till I know that they state that fact. And if they state that fact, then I think there's a conversation in need if they're willing to have it. Like, let's talk about it. Like, if you feel that way and like, like, let's have a discussion. Like, like if, if you run into me and all you see is my skin color and you take, and you take not even, if I can get five minutes out of you, believe me that my skin color is going to be the last thing you think about. I'm going to make you question why you have these prejudice and that that's my objective, you know? And I think that, that that position is a more powerful position than, than, the hatred caused by racism yes, is, is, you know, like, because it's sort of a victimized position. You hate me because of my skin or you, because of my culture, my people, or what you've seen of my people, you know, like you can't do anything about it. Yeah. You're, you, you're really a victim in that situation and it's a shame, but I think in the position that I'm just going to assume that race has nothing to do with it. And if you do, if you do think that way, then, then I feel for you. And, and I want to, I honestly want to hear why mm-hmm. and see if we, there's any sort of discussion about it. Yeah. And so what, for me, what it is, is taking, getting out of the position of a victim where I'm prejudged as my skin color culture my the 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 people that I come from to a position of as a human being I want to know why you can't see me as a fellow human being rather than than this this my nationality Mm -hmm. and and let's talk on a personal one-to-one but part of that position of of always assuming that someone is is just a person and just mean and, and, and um, rude and bad manners rather than they hate all natives or Indians, whatever you want to say. Um, what it does for me is, is it creates a position of, of power in the fact that I am not letting your problems affect me. Yes. If you have a problem, that's your personal problem and not mine that I need to carry. Because what it does is it, if you, if you go around and believe that everybody hates you because of your skin color, then the only position to feel any sort of control is to hate them back. And it causes almost reverse racism. And I, I see it a lot where a lot of, um, poorly treated natives are are come to the conclusion that all white people suck, Mm -hmm. you know, and they're just judging. They, they treat me bad. And that's a, that's a terrible, terrible position to be in because you're a victim to a society. You're not, you can't join you. And so it causes separation. It causes um, resentments. It causes prejudice turned back on itself. Yeah. And there's just, it just, you're, you're trapped in a, in a, in a society that doesn't like you. Yeah. And that's, that's awful. Yeah. Yeah. And you create it in and your own so head. There, yeah. Well, it's, I don't think it's created in your own head. I'm sure something happened that, that did, and you might've run into a racist person, but 
as a whole and the, especially with the, the current, current um, climate around that topic, I mean, there was, uh, you know, the, the move black, you know, black lives matter and, and thing where, you know, I don't think any celebrity that announces that he's racist, I'm, I'm almost positive that your career is done in that moment. Like, just like the general, what, and my point being the general public doesn't agree with it. Mm -hmm. They're, they're very offended by racism. Mm -hmm. And um, so on that point alone, I'm just going to assume that the general public isn't, isn't racist. Mm -hmm. Right. And that there's a few bad apples. I can't let myself just assume that because of your skin color that you 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 just automatically feel that way or have those beliefs mm -hmm. because it holds me back. And it not only does it hold me back, but it puts me in a place of somebody else's has control over me. Exactly. And I can't, I for myself, I can't exist like that. I yeah. I have control over myself. Yeah. Um yeah, no there's worries. a there's a saying there's a saying that that references that top you know that idea and it, it's um assume ignorance before malevolence and what they mean by that like like just assume that they don't know and malevolence just means the act of being evil mm -hmm. for the reason of being evil, right mm -hmm. and so before we assume that humans are are malevolent and mean and evil assume that they're just dumb they, just, they don't know yes they're at, you know and i mean more than often it's a great relationship like the that that works in so many different ways that that same yeah. you know that that it's just they're dumb when it comes to matters that that pharmacist kept turning his back on me as we're having a conversation he just sucked at having conversations and didn't know how to be engaging in a conversation it wasn't that he, he he saw my skin color past my mask and my hat that I was wearing and oh one of these guys yeah. you know like yeah he was, he was just he was rude he was you know but and it's not going to work for everything but I think when like let's completely identify the fact that someone is racist and then address that mm -hmm. rather than the assumption and like leaving it inside, you know, because if you assume that and you walk away, you're now you're carrying it around. Exactly. It's in your head. You didn't address it and you're carrying it around or you wrongly accused it. You know, you could, I could only imagine was if someone came up to you, Aurora, and said, I think you're racist, you mm -hmm. know, how that would affect you and bother you. And try, like, how do you prove that you're not? Like, like, what do you have? Like, it's, it's one of those things that you can just paint a whole, you know. But the problem is, is the discussion, it's not open for discussion. Mm -hmm. you, you're, you've stamped a label on somebody and, and the, like, it's, a, it's something that needs to be discussed. If you have a, a prejudice against natives, let's say, because I can, I can relate to that. Let's go further and discuss, like, I want to discuss it. 
Mm-hmm. What, what did you, I want to know how you got there. And what I've seen, because I know, I know people that, that have prejudice and that, that are, that are racist. And as far as I can tell, it's been handed down by the parenting. Mm-hmm. I find it relatable to let's say child abuse. And what I mean by that is, is um, there's been studies about how, how many kids that had experienced child abuse and then ended up abusing their own kids. If you think about it, 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 it's, it's taught, it's learned. They have every reason, they have every reason to continue that cycle. But the study shows that, that it's a small percent that does, that actually went through child abuse and then chose to abuse their own children. Mm-hmm. It's an actual small percent that does. And if it, you know, uh, in one study, they said, if it wasn't and everyone that was, it had experienced child abuse, abused their children that in something like seven generations every child parent relationship would be abusive that's how how like it just it it just grows so that kind that idea kind of states that the resilience of of humans you know like i went through something bad and i choose not to continue that that cycle Mm -hmm. and i think that that's that also goes with with the racial thing the fact the race the racism sorry that just because your parents had some screwed up ideas about things or people and they they announced it as a child you yourself get to choose what you're going to do with that. It, it's not, well, I was taught that this is how it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I, I, I think it's so, um, it's kind of a weak idea to think that just because you were shown it as a child, that, that that's enough that you're going to make those assumptions yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I think that it, that um, like Lethbridge, I think a, a great part of the bad relationships between whites and natives, um, a lot of it comes from the homeless population. The homeless, uh, an overall number the majority of the homeless population in Lethbridge is native. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you can say that it, it reflects badly on, you know, natives, but I mean, not every homeless person in the world is native. You, it, go, it changes from location to location. And, you know, I think that can, it's just a poor connection. It's, it's an, it's an unreasonable, you know, line between two dots, homeless and natives. Mm-hmm. 
it's just a put like so then to generalize and that let your you create an identity from that is just a lack of information or a lack of willingness to do any sort of you know research on your own own or really look into it right it's it's kind of a lazy assumption is what i'm getting at mm-hmm. um so my point being is that i really think the way to to solve racism would be you know i related to the the environment there's a lot of people out there trying to change the world and good for them and i i i i feel for the ones out there you know trying to save the oceans trying to save the climate trying to save the forests um that's a big like if you want to pick a fight that's the biggest fight you you know i'm going to change the world well good for you and like i wish you the best but i hope you have yourself organized i hope that you have your own issues taken care of before you change the world and my the reason i hope that is because the best i'm a big believer myself is the best way to change the world is yourself if everybody took responsibility for themselves a lot of a lot of the world's issues would go away and that's what it, so my my position on it is really a position of mastering self when you start taking care of your own backyard the world's a little bit prettier in your neighborhood and if everybody else starts taking care of their own backyard and being accountable for their own actions it can be world changing really and it like from right from you know the environment to racism i think and my position on that is just because you can't change others you're smashing yourself on a on a brain if you want to change the ideas of others i'm sorry you i hate to burst your bubble but you're not going to eradicate racism there's always going to be a few that feel that you can't change their mind and it sucks that they're there that that nobody feels that way but it's a fact mm-hmm. um, but what you can do is be accountable for your own ideas and your own beliefs and and really put like you know someone i listen to is before you save the world make sure your room is clean and what that means is your head is yeah or or literally your room yeah how dare you go and judge the rest of the world when you can't even make your bet get organized get yourself straight and then if you still feel like there's something to be done, do that. But when you're walking, when you're out there, um, you know, uh, virtue signaling that you you're just make sure that you you know if somebody go starts diving into your background, that it's you've got it all cleaned and tidy. You know, because it's you lose 
you lose the power of what you're trying to do when you haven't taken care of your own backyard and you're complaining about the way the neighborhood is, mm-hmm. you know, like you don't have, you, if you're on a soapbox, it's not very strong because you, you're on false pretenses, you know, like anybody, you know, you just have to, it's just a better way. If you got, if you have a strong foundation, then it, you, you, it's not going to be shaken. But mm-hmm. when you're, when you're, when you're judging others for their behaviors and your own, your own are weak, it's not a very sturdy position to be in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and to, the problem sometimes is that we take our thoughts, our beliefs so serious. We believe them to be so true that we would never start and question them because if we did, our reality would crumble. We would have to like create a new reality on how we see life and the world. And that's so scary. Like it's so much easier to look at the neighbor and say, oh, this is wrong and this. But if you look at yourself and, and to get to that point is such a big journey too, because yeah, like I said, we, we think our thoughts are normal We think the way we feel about certain things is normal until we question, like, what was I given from my parents into my little backpack that I should actually question in order to make evolution happen and make like racism maybe disappear one day. Um, And you're totally right. I get exactly what you mean that we have to look at ourselves first and that some people uh don't they just try to change others well, it's, yeah it's so much easier to change others it's so much easier to look at their faults because yeah. you don't you, when you're looking and seeing somebody else's faults you don't have to do any work yeah you just make a determine. well that person should take care of that they should be accountable for that they should do the work to fix it But when you look at yourself, you're the one on the hook. You're the one that needs to do the work. Yeah, That's a lot of, a, that's a harder position than judging somebody else for not taking care of themselves. Yeah. Now you need to step up and start working on yourself and changing some things about yourself. Yeah. So we, we're like water. We take the easiest route all the time. It's just a natural behavior of us. And so, but the problem is, is when, when you're taking the easy route, the results suck. You get the, the results and the amount of effort something takes are an exact correlation. Mm -hmm. Anything of worth has to be earned or, or is hard to gain. Mm -hmm. It's, it's factual. Like, you know, it, it's, If you give somebody a car in three weeks, it's going to be the wrong, wrong color. If they spent five years earning the money for it, you know, that little jalopy is going to be the, their prized possession because yeah. they worked and earned it. And the, the, that's just factual of humans beings. It's, it's, we get a lot of fulfillment out of earning and, and hard work at gaining something. Mm-hmm. And it and it it's so true even with our existence. 
our yeah. that we fought for and, and worked on and, and, and ideas that we gained by, you know, researching or studying, those are, those are sought after assumptions of like, like a racial assumption is just, it's, it's easy. Mm-hmm. You just connected two dots, whether they're factual or not. You didn't put a lot of research into it. Like any sort of, you know, looked into evidence that you've, you've put some time and effort into mm-hmm. would have proven you wrong. Mm-hmm. You would, because if you look at, I don't care, you know, what your skin color is. Every one of us is different. We're, we can't group it because of our skin color or where we're from or, or it's each individual is an individual mm-hmm. end of story, mm-hmm. you know? And, and uh, so if you took, took that as a, as a fact and just looked at every individual as an individual, the world like racism would disappear. Mm-hmm. But it, the only way you can do that is starting with yourself. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, um, and I feel like the power position that you're taking, like I hope so many people will hear this because both sides have to hear that. White people have to hear that and native have, people have to hear that because what you're saying is so powerful that you refuse to put yourself in the victim position of a victim And you give people the benefit of the doubt, right? You, yeah, it's well. It it goes back to the to the 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 golden rule of of treat others the way you want to be treated. Mm-hmm. I would never want anyone to come to me and say you've judged me on the the color of my skin. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to do that with someone else. Mm-hmm. And what it does is it creates dialogue and it, I could have so easily went, you know, just assume that when my girlfriend mentioned it about that pharmacist, mm-hmm. that's what is probably, he just judged me. He, you know, I, I, I just don't, I don't see any positives in that. Mm-hmm. Oh, now I, now I have a, re, now I have a resentment against this, this guy. Mm-hmm. what am I going to do with it well nothing it's just going to torment me in dark places yeah I'm going to yes. re- you know I'm going to be next time I see a pharmacist and be like well that last one he was racist like yeah. I, I hate these pharmacists you yeah. know and it just it creates more problems than anything positive exactly exactly and, and so like I guess a good like a good reference is what's the difference between anger and, and resentment. And so it's a good analogy I heard was if you're in the garage and you smash your finger with a hammer, you're going to throw that hammer across the, the garage and, and that's going to be anger. But a resentment is you smack your hand with that hammer. And then three weeks later, you're trying to figure out a way to get back at that hammer. Well, that's what you do with people when you pick up a resentment. Mm-hmm. It consumes. It. It's taking up your time. It's taking up your, your, you want to get back. You want revenge. You want, you know, and it's just, 
it's negative energy that's consuming your, your day and your thoughts. And, and it really, it's, I, there's not a positive, there's not a lot of positives. In it. Yeah. It's so much easier just to go back to that one, you know, that one quote of, you know, assume ignorance over malevolence. Mm-hmm. You know, that he was just dumb. Like he just didn't know how to hold a conversation. He didn't, he didn't know how to interact with people. Exactly. I don't believe that he's, he's hateful. And yeah. if he is, he's the one losing out. Yeah. Totally. You know, that's his, that's his cross to bear. Yeah. I don't want to pick it up. Like, sorry, but I, I just don't want to, it's for me, it's, it's master of self. Yes. What can I change for the better? Yeah. Master of my own, you know, destiny i can be a better part of society because i choose to carry these positive beliefs or or to not continue with this this them and they you know them and us yeah well i'm just i'm gonna see everyone as as a different situation yeah and that's the only way I feel. I do that with cashiers. Like sometimes when a cashier is being rude with me, I just think, oh, she's having a bad day. I'm not going to take it personal, but because, and then I invent stories. Maybe her dad died. Maybe her brother is an asshole or something to not make it about myself anymore because people tend to do that. We take to things too serious and too personal and then re react and add fire to the fire and it's just a, a complete mess can i share with well, you the position the position yeah yeah no all i was going to say was the position of a victim is you you've given all your power to them yes you don't have any you don't have any control exactly you can know, I- they control your Yeah, they control your happiness and how you feel about yourself, but you also give them the control, right? Absolutely, yeah. I would like to share with you, and it's the first time I share this with with a native person here in Canada, my prejudice, how do you say prejudice? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, prejudice. Prejudice that I had when I came here. I moved here seven years ago. And growing up in Germany, we saw these movies where Europeans were coming into America and the slaughter and all the violence and and like horrible things that happened. I get here. Yeah. And that was seven years ago. I was so surprised that nobody even addresses that topic like i i saw white people looking down to to native people and say ah yeah they're drug addicts they're homeless blah 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 and i i kept being more and more curious because coming from germany my generation is used to reflect about world war ii and to make sure that this will never ever happen again So I come to Canada and kind of thought, oh, this is how everybody deals with bullshit from from history. 
But here I, I realize nobody is addressing it. Like you guys look down on <laughs> like what the fuck is going on? Really, I was getting mad and I, I started meeting with natives and, and it was weird for them, you know, this white chick from Germany, why is she interested in us? But I needed to make sense of it. And I went to that, um, I forgot his name, but he hold a speech at the university about resent residential schools. And then I started uh, to, to think, okay, now we're getting to the point now, but there was nobody in that classroom like there were five people and we i think we were all immigrants we were all from europe supporting this native guy yeah. what is going on why are canadians not looking at this like you have to look at it feel bad about it and then find solutions but you can't run away it's the it's not possible so I started, and then I think with Trudeau, he's not awesome. I'm not going to pull out politics here, but he started to disclose more and more stories about residential, um, what happened back then with residential schools. And I was like, okay, now, now we're getting better. Like now we're reflecting. And then I lived in Lethbridge and saw for myself, like I worked in a little grocery store and there was a lot of stealing and bullshit going on. And 90% of the time, it was people um, with native background. The assumption I made was that native people had went through so much trauma and they were forced in these schools and they went through so much like horrible things there um, that traumatized them. And that trauma is inherited. You inherit the pain that you suffer and you give the story to your children and, and they have that pain on their DNA, so to say. And of course, and I was, I was just like you, I had so much troubles in school. So a big part of me was able to relate to people that were being um, like forced through this school system and I just that's my assumptions that I made is that spiritual people have no place in this white society they're being pushed to the edge and being shown that they're not valuable um, and I see myself as a spiritual person um, but the native community even more like more in tune with nature more in tune with health and medicine and i feel like the troubles that we have right now like the solution the key to to positivity again lies in the native community because you know how to heal and how to live with nature and not yeah destroy nature and live a healthy life in tune with nature but there's no place for that in society. So what I, like the conclusion I made is that those people find escape in, in prostitution and alcoholism because they feel they don't belong and they feel they don't, they're not being valued for that they can bring to society. And 
some people say, yeah, I can, I can totally see how that could be a reality. And some people say, no, I think that's a little bit too far fetched. Um, does it make sense what I'm sharing with you? Like, can you? It, yeah, it, it does. And I think that there's, there's a multitude of, of um, problems there that you, you addressed, you know, the, the, from stealing to, you know, you said the majority was natives to, um, you know, uh, the problems of addiction and homelessness. And, and, uh, and so, again, I'm going to return to the fact of, you know, we could take the world on and all the world's problems, or we could be accountable for ourselves. And that's my message. Wow. You know, you could, you could sit there and say, you know, like, let's fix these problems, the problems of, uh, you know, you going back to, to, you know, my mother was in residential school and it, it directly affected, you know, her and, and what happened with her. Um, the problem that I have with it and, I'm not speaking for her, anybody that was in residential school, because I have no experience in that. The only thing I have experience in is identifying myself as a victim of somebody else's poor behavior. And, in, I, and I, I fight that position because of this. It's a helpless position. Mm. You can't do a damn thing about it. You can't do a damn thing about the past you can't do a damn thing about being wrong you can't change others the only way to get back from victim to survivor is to say what can i do about myself mm -hmm. i choose not to pass these things that happened to me on or to my children in spite of what happened to me i choose to try and be the best mom I can be. I try to be the best person in society I can be. I and and it's only you can't you can't if you're hoping to fix the wrongs of the world, good for you. I'm I hope you do. But what my position that I'm the message that I that I have about this and a lot of other issues is what are you doing to fix yourself? Because mm. when it, the reality of the situation is, the only thing in this world you can change is yourself. Mm -hmm. Ab the only, like, that's an absolute. For me, like, and if everybody took that position, that's where world change happens. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't, so, like, they, like, you can absolutely change how you are and how you act. Mm -hmm. It's going to take time. It's going to take effort. It's going to take searching, trying to figure out how to do it. But when you do, and when you, when you become positive and when you become a, your own master, the world around you gets better. Your children are, have a better father. You're, you're a better child. You're a better aunt, uncle. You're a better employee. Employee. You're in a better employer. You're a better friend. And that little part of your that work, 
which is that part of the world that you take, everything around you gets better mm-hmm. because you made a choice to make yourself better. And if everybody did that, and what it also does is creates attraction. People look at you and they're like, I don't know what it is about Aurora, but something about that woman I like. Mm-hmm. How can I be more like her? Mm-hmm. And it, it's attractive. And in, in, in attraction is where other people are going to want to do what you're doing. And that's how the, like, I really believe that's how the world changes is taking a position of, I'm going to leave the world a little bit better than the way that I found it. And I'm going to start with that today mm-hmm. by changing myself. Wow. Like, I hope you know that you are such a, like inspiration and such a warrior. And I hope that you have listeners like beside my podcast here that you have a platform where you express yourself, you shine your light like you do here. Do you have that? Uh, yes. You know, I, I, I have friends that I work with and I, I have, you know, people that I work with, that, that, you know, in the addiction community that, that yeah, I, I should definitely share that message. And, and uh, that's a big part of my recovery story is being yeah. accountable for my own actions and, and changing what I can change. And yeah. that's me. Yeah. And for me, what I just shared to know that, no, you don't want pity. You don't want to go back and see, oh yeah, all that trauma. And this is why I'm a victim today. You want to be empowered and you want to feel understood. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody does. Everybody. I think that that's why, you know, some of the strongest words in in the human vocabulary is me too Mm -hmm. that means somebody's listening to you somebody understands and somebody identifies with you yeah and it creates it creates a connection yeah and and i think those those are that's a powerful position yeah is to be able to identify with somebody else's struggle and to, to share those hardships and there's a connection built where you can, once the, you, you can, you share a hardship, you can also share uh, a triumph as well, mm-hmm. you know, and, and uh, that uh, for me, that's what community is, you know, to be a part of the lows and the highs. Yeah. Yeah. But being accountable for yourself, for your actions, reflecting about your thoughts and your reactions in daily life, and um, to ask questions, to be curious. Whenever you sense racist vibes, go in there and ask questions without being aggressive. Like Just assume that the person doesn't know how they just made you feel and, and go from there because this is how you keep your powerful position you don't you don't go into defensiveness and uh, victim mentality you keep your powerful position when you just assume the other person doesn't know better and if they are racist 
yeah then leave it at there like in there um how do you say on their side and don't take it on and yeah like i said if if you ran into me and denounced that you were racist the first and only thing i want to do is i want to have a discussion about it tell me about it tell me how you got to that position let's yeah. discuss what where you came up with these beliefs like i just as a curiosity fact i want to know Mm-hmm. And then let's let's take a rational look at it. like let's let's throw some logic onto that that fire of yours and let's see what comes out. Yeah. You know, and and I'm not there to change your mind, but I'm there to make you think about something. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you, if you came to me and were judging me on my skin when you left that conversation, my skin's the last thing you're gonna be thinking about. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna plant some ideas in your head (laughs) and that that you know that's that's the point is is if you ask questions you're in a position that you're going to make somebody else think about what their own actions yeah and that that's the genesis to change yeah that's the genesis to accountability. Yeah. What am I doing and why am I doing it? And I think that's the real the real message there. So Yeah. Now, thanks for having me on. Yeah, man, this was a very powerful conversation. I'm so glad that we connected once more. Like another yeah. topic that you totally aced. Um Thank you so much uh, for listening to this episode, you people out there. And uh, I hope you can spread this beautiful message of empowerment and, um, yeah, inspiration, motivation to make this world a better place with uh, less racism. (laughs) 